0: With Ashley Frasca Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff Brought to you by Pike Nurseries
1: On 95.5 WSB You heard Mike Shields from the traffic center there Slow down, take your time today It's not a day that you want to get spun out Or better yet, flipped over on an interstate around Metro Atlanta I know our traffic troopers are Responsible for the most part and good drivers But a pet peeve of mine as a traffic reporter I just gotta get this in When the rain's really coming down If you're not comfortable driving Pull over to the side What you don't want to do Is you don't want to put those hazard lights on The flashers, your hazards And drive with the hazard lights on That drives me absolutely crazy Because the point of those Is for emergency responders and other folks To know you are stopped When you have your hazard lights on So when you're driving with them on It kind of gives folks a False perception of what you're really doing And if you're going to move slow Stay in the right lanes That's that's all I got to say about that Y'all be careful, it is rainy It's not even warming up yet It's about 54 degrees A high in the low 70s today And rain all day But sun back in the forecast tomorrow So that's good news So houseplants, that may be something You want to maybe turn your attention to today If you just have that Itch to be doing something garden related Or tending to your seedlings If you've started seeds indoors And you haven't quite hardened them off By bringing them outside little by little Just yet and you haven't put them in the garden But uh, I had a conversation not too long ago This is one of my most favorite segments With a former co son Who's a teenager Who's fascinated by houseplants And I want you to meet Ryan I am with Ryan Tedeschi Ryan, how old are you? 15 And how did we meet?
0: Uh, we met at Pikes at a live radio show.
1: Favorite Pike location?
0: Uh, probably the one in Buckhead.
1: The reason that you and I have met, and I'm over at your house, you've got an east-facing window, a very large east-facing window, which is perfect. That's where you've got all of your hanging baskets hanging from Hoya, orchids, House plants as we know them philodendron monstera things like that there's a zz plant which i which i really like and then you look to the left oh cute it's a fish tank but it's so much more than that yeah there's a few little fish and who was the lobster guy the shrimp guy
0: i actually have a little tiny cherry shrimp in there i used to have more but they've eventually died out because old age and they're shrimp (laughs)
1: and I'm in your bedroom, and I'm looking at all these amazing plants, like a study, like a lab almost in here, the way that you've been able to pot things and grow things and experiment with different plants. But I wanna go backwards in time. When did your interest in all of these different plants start?
0: It started when I was in sixth grade in 2017, when I got my first ever plant, a lucky bamboo, and just kind of stemmed from there into more and more plants, eventually.
1: Now, what was the significance of the lucky bamboo, or who was it from?
0: So I just bought a lucky bamboo because I like the look, and I'm like, hey, I love how happy plants make me, and I'm like, why not get more?
1: So you definitely have an affinity, and after almost four years of doing this, you've, you've got the science of it down. So we won't get too muddled in that, but first of all, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the science of all the plants and everything you're able to do in here comes down to good soil composition, would you agree?
0: Yes, very much. Most of my plants mostly require high-draining soil, so you have to kind of figure out mixes and different stuff to put in your soils to make sure it's pure enough so it won't compact and it won't retain too much moisture and the plant won't rot.
1: And you get to know each plant and what it likes, Um, and you showed me kind of a Rubbermaid bin you've got here under the bed of a soil that you composed all on your own. Tell me what the ingredients were to that.
0: So I mix coconut fiber with perlite, pumice, and orchid bark, charcoal, um, and different types of fertilizers.
1: What is that particular soil best for out of all the plants you've got?
0: I use it for mostly hoyas and types of aroids like philodendrons, anthuriums, monsteras, etc.
1: If you had to pick a favorite, I know that's hard, what would it be?
0: Probably my philodendron 69686
1: this takes time and it does take money it is not cheap this passion just lends itself to all of these costs as you're discovering all of these new things what's the most you've paid for a plant i'm holding my breath it's
0: 125 (laughs) dollars
1: tell me what's so special about that one it's cool but it's not talking to me it's not walking the dog what does it do
0: this is my affiliate engine 69686. Once it gets big enough, it'll produce these huge, huge leaves. It's also called a fillage big ears, so it'll get really big ears on the plant and also get a really thick lobe of it. And they're just very cool if you see them in a mature form.
1: When we originally started talking, talked about your love for orchids and your interest in orchids and how many different kinds that you're trying to experiment with. What would you say to someone who they're never able to keep it alive? Are we overthinking that? Is it really a lot easier to take care of?
0: Orchids are one of the easiest plants ever. The biggest tip is just forget about it. Do not water it. Like water it when you remember, like maybe every two weeks. You don't need to water them all that often.
1: You were spouting off to me as we were talking all these different names of orchids and you showed me a plant, which which is this one?
0: Uh, this is a type of black jewel orchid a plant with like mostly black leaves and kind of pinkish white veining that sparkles in highlight.
1: But Ryan, that doesn't look like what I know is an orchid, but what did you tell me about the orchid family?
0: Orchid is one of the biggest types of families where you can have epiphytic orchids or orchids that grow in trees, orchids that can grow in rocks, parasitic orchids that take life from another plant, or terrestrial orchids, orchids that just grow in the ground in normal soil.
1: Go ahead and spout off to me, maybe six of the varieties of orchids you've got.
0: Coconut orchid, which is called Maxillaria tenuifolia, those will have little blooms come out from the base, and they'll have coconut-scented blooms, and they're supposed to scent up your whole room. Cattleya orchids are pretty easy type of orchid to take care of, pretty common. Dendrobium orchids are also a very easy type of orchid, same care as like Cattleyas and Phalaenopsis, just water them and there's so 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 many different varieties of dendrobium orchids and then some are friggin some are not uh
1: now what's the phila phila which one
0: Philonopsis orchids so
1: that's the only word that i've heard of that you've used so far
0: so Philonopsis orchids are literally the orchids that you'll find everywhere they're also called moth orchids These are the ones that people tend to struggle the most with just because they tend to see them, think they're tropical, so you have to keep watering them, but just leave them alone. That's all you really have to do.
1: The kind of soil that they like, when we were talking about the soil composition, what's most key? The bark, would you say, or the drying agent to keep it from holding too much moisture? What's most important?
0: A lot of factors kind of go into that. Like what type of pot you have like the normal plastic pot that you get you should probably just repot it in a terracotta pot that's like meant for orchids where it has many drainage holes because terracotta also takes out moisture thus my biggest recommendation but you can also get ceramic ones that are airy but also for soil you can have mostly bark bark is the main thing that they like but you can also add stuff like charcoal that helps purify soil
1: give me four maybe five supplies in this room that are a must-have for you to do your work
0: terracotta pots obviously being the best type of pot for me because my plants like to not have too much moisture in the soil uh moisture meters are very helpful for beginners to know how wet your soil is and when to water it if you have a state a plant that likes to vine plant velcro is very useful because you can just cut it to whatever length you want and it's very good to keep your plant up, Um, and also it's not permanent, so you can just take it off. Sphagnum moss is very useful for taking cuttings and if you wanna wrap it around your stakes, but personally, I think it's best for cuttings just because I have the least amount of rot with them. Spray bottles are pretty useful if you have stakes because if you wanna wet them, it's really good for aerial roots. Also, for me, I have lots of terrariums, very useful for watering those, especially the ones that can change um, type of spray it is. If you want to get more specific areas or just want to do a general area, they're very useful.
1: Ryan, I can guarantee you a place like Pike Nursery or some specialty store would love to see someone of your caliber and your age and your knowledge. What kind of job would you enjoy? I mean, have you earned a first paycheck yet?
0: No, I have not, but I have gotten money in other ways, like babysitting and... Head sitting like stuff like that for now i would really like to start a mini terrarium shop or something like small like just to get money from that but maybe in the future i would love to live in south florida and kind of produce plants that way maybe have my own greenhouse and produce plants like that but we'll see when the time comes
1: so when you're ready to earn that first paycheck if it's around plants what about that makes you happy
0: it's just something um like making money off of something that I love doing so you're never really working when you're doing that I can talk hours about what I like doing
1: and one of my biggest questions with the cool collection of things that you have was how much of it is you go into a nursery and you buy the plant versus how much of it is mail order or you're able to you know go online what success do you have with both of those avenues of buying plants
0: so normally when you're in person, you can't get nearly as many rare plants. But online, you can get tons of different options for buying rare plants. But the only problem with online, your package could get lost in shipping or it could just not end up alive. Yeah, with nurseries, you have obviously don't have to deal with shipping or your package getting lost. So nurseries are pretty fun to go to just normally just to look around, stuff like that.
1: How many times when you go to the nursery, do you know exactly what you're going for versus you come home having bought one or two things you weren't expecting to buy?
2: <laughs>
0: it's, a minimum, it's a mix of both. Say, for example, i was ask a plant store, post a plant that I wanted to like, oh, and just get that. But sometimes like when I went on a rare plant sale that a plant store was doing, I didn't know what I was going in for and I ended up spending quite a bit of money.
1: The thing about all of this that you're happiest to share with other people, what is it?
0: So what I'll do for a lot of people's birthdays is I'll take cuttings for plants. And I'll take them like maybe a month or two prior to their birthday. So the plants can be fully rooted by the time I gave it to them. I always just find joy telling them about it and how to take care of it. And I love how happy plants make me.
1: How good does that make you feel? That makes you feel really good that someone so young is so interested in gardening. And I absolutely loved getting to meet Ryan and just see his green thumb in in full action just with all of the plants that he is enjoying so much success with. And an update from when that originally aired, um, he got his first job hired with like a boutique gift shop in Smyrna. And they've got a garden and a shed out back and he gets to work with the plants. And all of those things. And it's making him so happy. And the owner just had such a good feeling about him in the interview that she hired him on the spot. So that's so great. So if you have kids that are interested in gardening, this is the place to have them listen because this is for beginning gardeners and folks who are maybe trying new things. And I just absolutely love when I get to hear from younger folks and encourage folks, even if you're not younger. And you're trying something for the first time It's just really a fun place and a fun conversation And also I got a really nice message On the Facebook page um, The Green and Growing WSB Facebook page That's all you need to search A question from Suzanne about a week ago About identifying a moth and I was able To kind of go back and forth with her and give her a website Talking about moth and butterfly Identification which we are going to be talking about Attracting butterflies to your Garden here in about 10 minutes with Pike Nursery But Suzanne said that her 8 year old daughter Loves listening to the show so Charlie Listens with her mom Suzanne and if They're listening this Saturday wanted to say Hello to 8 year old Charlie I love that She's interested in gardening All right, we'll be back With the top 3 things you could be doing This weekend and this week indoors and outdoors. And again, Pike Nursery at the bottom of the hour. Everything you need to start your own pollinator garden. That next on 95.5 WSB. Well, you don't need me or a meteorologist To let you know the weather update Brought to you by Finley Roofing It's rainy, it's rainy all over north Georgia That's going to be the case all day today Highs only reaching the upper 70s But sunny tomorrow and Monday With highs in the mid to upper 70s Green and
0: growing Green and growing with Ashley Frasca Here's your garden to-do list This week
1: before I get into this Really quickly I did issue a challenge Or just a favor Of many of you To uh, to help caller Mary In the last hour Growing figs And when she's ready To harvest those In August and September What to do with them So other than uh, Like a jam Or a jelly And eating them just like an apple Um, I was looking for recommendations Like what can we do with figs Well Barbara's listening Good morning Barbara And said dehydrating figs Is her favorite way to enjoy them They're like a chewy candy So there you go Someone came through with another idea Of how to prepare a fig Thank you Um, And you can always hit me up On that Facebook page I'm on there all the time Search Green and Growing WSB And we'll help each other out Okay so number one Be on the lookout for large What looks like dirt mounds In your lawn Maybe in bright sunny areas Be careful, it might be fire ants So use a broadcast bait A brand like Amdro or Ortho To get to those early Because lord, they can reach like 7 inches high You don't want to wait Number 2, plant corn and bean and pea seeds now And I'm going to be doing okra seeds after I soak them overnight Thanks for the advice everybody Going to be putting those in the ground But tall growing crops like okra and pole beans and corn Put them on the north side of other vegetables so they don't shade them out Plant two or more rows of corn for better pollination That's a great tip And make a second planting of those Within two or three weeks of the first planting Snap beans, corn, squash That way you constantly have something that you're harvesting And number three You'll start to see this more and more common as it heats up spider mites um, on outdoor plants And how you can identify that the tops of the leaves look white And the undersides have small webbing and black spots So a horticultural oil or just spraying them with the hose on full strength, full blast Two or three times a week is going to knock them off Not using something like seven dust um, Not for this anyways because that's also going to be harmful to the natural insects that go after the spider mites. So there's always, you know, a give and take with any insecticide you use in the garden. So just be mindful before you do that. Check with me or check online on WalterReeves.com If maybe there's a better way to combat whatever insect it is you're dealing with Before using a chemical Sometimes that's just not possible Hey, 95.5 WSB and T-Mobile want to help your small business thrive this year We're giving away a small business and advertising grant Worth more than $10,000 to promote a small business on WSB Tell your favorite small business about it Tell your friends Submit a nomination now At wsbradio.com In less than 10 minutes We're back with Pike Nursery Here on Green and Growing
0: Growing with Ashley Frasca Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff Brought to you by Pike Nurseries
1: On 95.5 WSB Despite the weather, we're making it through We're making it through just fine And hey, I can't blame you If you're waking up and you just rolled over And you're trying to fall back asleep Because I would be in your very position right now If it weren't for the show But I'm glad to be here every Saturday morning Here hosting Green and Growing Doing traffic Monday through Friday during Atlanta's Morning News with Scott Slade. And uh, Mike Shields, man, he's he's got quite the task today. Reporting on traffic on a super rainy morning is just not, not the guy you want to be. But he's doing a great job. Just slow the speeds down. Please leave a lot of space between you and the car in front of you. I promise it will avoid an accident. Guarantee it. I guarantee it. All right. So at this time of the show... Every Saturday, we have the show sponsor, Pike Nursery, on to really not only inspire you, but to educate us, too, on what's in the nursery, but not just, you know, go grab it, buy it, and you're on your own, you know, I mean, they're really going to provide the help and the knowledge and the tools to you in the nursery as you purchase it, but also here on the show, you get a lot of tips and tricks and hints on ways to make plants thrive and succeed, because we want you to be successful And one extra thing, they go the extra mile with a lifetime guarantee on trees and shrubs as well Um, I had some Sky Pencil Hollies, man, it's been about five years ago, I guess I got two Sky Pencil Hollies uh, to flank the front door Planted them in pots, didn't really pay the best attention to them um, But they died, and that was, you know, no fault of Pikes That was my own, not really knowing what I was doing yet with them Um, So, lifetime guarantee, had the receipt from, you know, a year and a half later Brought them back, swapped them out Now I have boxwoods, dwarf boxwoods in there And they're looking great and they're doing great So they're really going to back you and want you to be successful With the trees and shrubs you install in your landscape And today's topic is so much fun um, Talking about a pollinator garden and attracting butterflies So her first time on the show But she is just knowledgeable as all get out about this Emily Tobin who manages the Lindbergh Pike Nursery So hey Emily, welcome to the radio
2: Hello, good morning
1: (laughs) So this is a great topic for you And I was telling you a little bit off the air Um, Next Saturday I've got Becky Griffin From the University of Georgia And she's going to be talking about pollinator gardens And things like that, really piggybacking I'm sure off of uh, a lot of what you and I Are going to discuss, but the Georgia Pollinator Census Is something that's so fun and we want folks to get prepared now so they can participate in this pollinator census come August I think it's like August
2: yeah.
1: 20th and 21st where we want you to get out in your garden And at that point you're enjoying all the flowers and all the insects that are flying around And you're going to be kind of counting and letting, you know, the, the academic community know How many you see and what you're seeing So we want to get folks started now, Emily So let's talk about like planning a pollinator garden What all do I need? What's required?
2: Um, So really you're looking for a couple different things Um, You're looking for your host plants which um, typically a place where they can lay their eggs or a food source. Um, You're also looking for plants that produce nectar um, for them. Usually, you know, you're wanting to plant, do more of a mass planting of those items so that they can attract them from when they're flying up in the sky. The more color, the more it will attract them. And is it
1: true, hummingbirds, like, you know, you see hummingbird feeders and Pike Nursery and, you know, the ones that your grandmother has had for years, they have red. So is it really true yes. I mean, they're attracted to those bright colors,
2: right? It, they are. They're definitely attracted to the reds, yellows, oranges, purples. They are attracted to those bright colors. Which, by the way, if you haven't spent a lot of time
1: outside, folks The hummingbirds are back Well, some of them never left, but many of them did They're back I hear them buzzing around, they're out there chirping So it's a good time to think about putting those feeders out Just making your own nectar And Pike Nursery has nectar you can buy as well Fill up those feeders, make them happy So, Emily, like you said, host plants are just vital to the life cycle, right? Giving them a safe place to start a family Yes,
2: absolutely. Um, I mean, there are a handful of plants like your milkweed for your monarchs, um, dill, parsley, fennel are great host plants for um, for swallowtails. But you're also looking for some of your broadleaf shrubs or grasses to help protect them. Um, like from rain, windy days Or, you know, predators So, um, yeah, there's a lot of different options for, for host plants
1: So I'm glad you talked about that too Having the, the pollinator plants And then something like an ornamental grass Or a shrub that kind of goes hand in hand Like a companion mm-hmm. plant almost They They are symbiotic and kind of serve those purposes But not only, you know, for attracting pollinators But I was showing, out, or throwing out some plant names earlier in the show Good companion plants for vegetable gardens And of course the reason being not only to improve the soil If you're planting these flowers in a vegetable garden But like you said the bright colors and the plants that are known to attract pollinators So you have a more fruitful crop, you're right, and more uh, production So what are some of the popular butterfly attracting nectar plants that we would find at Pike?
2: Yeah. Um, so your lantana is a great option. We've got um, different types of coneflower, echinacea, your rudbeckia, salvias, um, bee bombs. There's so many different options that will attract the butterflies as well as a lot of your other uh, beneficial and nectar um, insects and, and so, birds.
1: So yeah. colorful. And they're going to flower all summer long for us. Now, what's Kind of the requirement where we're thinking About planting these things Do they need the bright sun or are they shady areas Where are we going to find these pollinators
2: Definitely bright sun like full sun Six or more hours is fantastic Um, The more sun the more blooms The more color that you're going to have That will help attract um, the butterflies To your garden
1: And do we need to mix them up Emily Or do I just maybe do like one of each and that's good
2: No I'm definitely mixing them up is great But you do want multiples Again so that you know, having multiples of one plant has a brighter, more impact um, to drive them into your garden.
1: I love that. I love that. So, in most of these plants that we talked about, well, I won't say that because lantana can be perennial, um, mm-hmm. salvia can be perennial, but some of them are annuals, right? Where I'm just going to plant them and enjoy in the summer.
2: Yes, yes, there are some annuals that will um, that will give you a lot of color, but you'll have to replace those every year.
1: Okay. And so, when we get into the heat of summer, and we know we're headed that way, we are done with that last frost. I hope April twenty first was it. <laughs> no more. So I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Man, that was a pain. So getting up to like eighty and ninety degrees, just like any bird or, or us, when you're spending a lot out a lot of time outside, the butterflies need a water source, right? They
2: do. Yeah. So having um, bird baths or fountains in your yard are great. Um, having Like a shallow bird bath They really like more of a shallow um, Area to to drink from So um, there's also what we call A puddle station Hmm. And that's usually like a saucer That you would put pebbles in Where they can land in And then drink water from But definitely more of a shallow uh, Water situation they like
1: So that's great Just for like balcony or deck gardening You don't need a full-fledged Like bird bath out in the yard Like you could just enjoy Seeing a butterfly land Right there on the railing
2: yeah, absolutely, uh, and you know, and you always want to make sure that that water source is clean, that you're not having stagnant water for a long period of time, because um, we all know stagnant water will attract the mosquitoes, which are not the bug that we want in our gardens.
1: Absolutely, that's great advice. So not only uh, when you're going out looking at your bird baths and those little puddle ponds, but again, the hummingbird feeders, man, when you start to see you know black accumulate on the holes of the feeder, or even just the water becomes a little cloudy, that is definitely Detrimental to hummingbirds. So, we want to make sure we change that water out. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Emily, but I think the more sunlight these water sources get, it seems to then bring on the mildew a little bit faster.
2: Yes, yes. The more evaporation, the more mildew. Absolutely, with the more sunlight.
1: All right. So, I'm thinking with the little puddle ponds that you're talking about and putting the pebbles in a saucer and just waiting to attract butterflies and things like that. The kids are going to love this. This is a really fun activity for parents to get the kids outside.
2: Absolutely. Definitely. Like butterfly gardens or pollinator gardens are a great way to include kids in, in gardening and get them educated early about about the garden, about insects. So yeah, it's a fantastic way to include kids.
1: And now when I go into Pike Nursery I usually hang a left right away In my town lake store And like I go look at birding first That's just what I do And then right across from the birding section Is like the wind chimes And all that kind of stuff But where will I find some kid friendly items That I may want for summertime for the kids
2: Yeah, um, it's a new line that we just started carrying. Um, You know, a lot of them, the displays will be set up somewhere near your birding or our um, tool area. Um, But it's a new line that we're carrying for kids. It's got butterfly nets, watering cans, gloves, uh, a lot of things to get the kids involved and have a fun time while doing it.
1: That is so cute And butterfly nets All kinds of stuff That they're going to love And buy some bubbles too What kid doesn't like Being outside And blowing bubbles While they're running around With a butterfly net That's just so happy So one more thing um, Emily I'm talking with Emily Who's the manager Of the Lindbergh location Organic solutions um, You know For when we're trying to avoid things that we don't want out in the garden. Do you have any feedback on that?
2: Yeah, um, making sure, you know, you can always pick native perennials, items that will kind of reseed and come back. A lot of times when you choose natives, they're less likely to have pest um, issues or you know fungal disease issues. So going with native plants are a great option, um, and we do also offer beneficial bugs uh, like our ladybugs, are praying mantis. Those are great beneficial bugs to to add to your garden to to get rid of all the harmful insects like your aphids and your mites. And again, the kids love the ladybugs.
1: Well, and so when I come into a Pike nursery store, how do I buy ladybugs? Like how is that packaged and contained? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so we sell them in little cups. They're usually up at the registers, or we, um, we'll have a fridge that they're in. And they're little cups that have hundreds to of thousands of, of ladybugs in there. Or the praying mantis is um, is an egg huh. that you put up in the tree and, you know, give it a few weeks, and they'll hatch hundreds of praying mantis.
1: That is so cool. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> going to be really cool. So that and some of the stores I've seen butterfly Kits, you know, where we can start from caterpillar and grow to butterfly. So all kinds of things for kids to really enjoy the whole process of nature here um, yes, at Pike absolutely. Nursery. So y'all's website, I will say Emily, is great When you go to um, you can see a lot of what we're talking about You know, if you're not sure of what some of these plants are Verbena or maybe pentas, that's one of my favorite. That's kind of an underused mm-hmm. annual um, But we can really see what some of these plants look like And of course just Go into the nursery as well But for those who are maybe not shopping in person yet What else do we find on the website?
2: Yeah, you go to our website. We do offer online um, shopping with a curbside pickup or delivery as an option. Um, and again, you can see all the, a lot of the plant material there, as well as coming into the nursery or calling your local Pike Nursery um, to help you out with any of your needs.
1: Yeah, super easy when you go to order online, folks. I, I have myself, so pike nurserycom And first you have to choose the location that's nearest to you, and then you're going to be asked whether you're going to come pick it up at the curb or whether you want that delivery option. And, you know, you've got to make sure you're assigned To the store that's closest to you But uh, Emily, great advice And what a fun and happy topic for today So I really appreciate you taking the time
2: This morning Absolutely, this was fantastic, thank you for having me And where's the Lindbergh store located For folks who may not know We're in Atlanta, like North Buckhead area Off of Piedmont Road Okay, and what are the store hours today? We are open from 8 to 6 today Love it,
1: All right, Emily Tobin, manager of the Lindbergh store Have a great Saturday Thank you. You too. All right. Thanks so much. I always love the experts. And and it's very thoughtful in the way that each manager is picked out for the topic of of the show that particular Saturday, what they're most passionate about, maybe the department that they're over, uh, what they know the most about. So you can really tell Emily loves pollinators and who doesn't. We got hummingbirds. And butterflies, and all the things that we want to attract to the garden. So, pikenursery.com for more on that. All right, we got to step out and check traffic. Make sure all of you are behaving on those wet roadways, and we'll be back with one last check of the top three things to do in the landscape. Maybe put it off until tomorrow, but timely stuff you could be doing right now. Stay tuned to WSB. Stay in bed another hour or two It's okay As long as you're listening to us On your uh, mobile device Or your smart speaker Or whatever Stick with us for the latest weather updates all day Because there is a chance For isolated severe thunderstorms Possible today It's not going to be uncommon To hear some uh, thunder See some lightning If you haven't already Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz is along all weekend to give you that update High of 72 today but tomorrow And Monday are sunny highs in the Mid to upper 70s and lows only Dipping down around 50 no less than that So that's the good news the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing so my thanks to uh, Emily at Pike Nursery for filling us in On tips on beginning a pollinator Garden and like I said the Georgia pollinator Census is something so fun coming up In August where you can really get out there for A few minutes and see what pollinators you're Getting to your garden Pike Nursery location Open today from 8 to 7 And also just right plant Right place and what functions it serves I found this great website That I'm actually going to share on the Facebook page Give me a couple hours, get home, rest um, But I'll share it on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page Good companion plants for a vegetable garden So you think I've got all my vegetables in, I'm good to go Well it doesn't hurt to have some other Plants alongside your vegetables um, Maybe to combat Pests or insects or help improve the soil So let's say, for example, you're planting beans Well, did you know that maybe rosemary That can deter a certain kind of beetle That goes after your beans Um, Also tomatoes, that's really common To have companion plants there you can't go wrong with marigold. Marigolds are great. Uh, basil. Basil is going to be a good complement to tomato plants and bee balm, which is beautiful. And Emily did mention that that for the bright color that attracts pollinators, but just improving the growth and the flavor of some tomatoes. Um, also, mint. Mint is a good companion plant too. So kind of keep that in mind. Leave yourself a little bit extra room, but certainly don't crowd things out when you're planting that garden. Uh, rosemary. Gosh, rosemary is just a really good one that. Uh, No no fail, you're going to be happy with that for sure Well, I'm going to make room for Dave Baker And the Home Fix It show But it's been a good three hours I hope you stay safe this weekend Give yourself some time to get caught up on some things around the house But uh, I'll be back next Saturday And I'll talk to Becky Griffin from the University of Georgia About pollinators Plus the Georgia Forestry Commission A full show for you next Saturday I'm already starting the prep for that So uh, we'll see you back here Monday morning With triple team traffic beginning at 430 30. With Atlanta's morning news, have a great weekend and happy wedding day to my friend Diana and her soon-to-be husband Brian. Y'all take care.